real simple goal here this morning, and that's to preach the gospel. Well, you might uh, say that that's what we do every week here at New Hope. In preaching the gospel this morning, uh, I hope to cover several doctrines. The doctrine of God, His existence, His attributes, and His work, the doctrine of the person and work of Christ, including His humiliation, His redeeming and atoning work on the cross, the operation of the Holy Spirit, we'll touch on Christology, the order of salvation, redemption, adoption, the estate of man, including his relationship and uh, his uh, relationship to and the purpose of the law. We'll touch on the Trinity, justification by faith, sanctification, the doctrine of the church, including the unity of the body, uh, and that we're all one in Christ and one in our mission, uh, the doctrine of providence. There's a few more that I just stopped writing down uh, that perhaps you will check on. You know, this text is so rich that we could take any one of those doctrines and use it as the filter through which we were going to preach this text. Now, I am not a preacher by vocation, and I don't pretend to be one, but any preacher I have met who gets a text rich like this one, they have the same feeling. That preach, that text will preach. And this text will preach. We could go through a number of these doctrines as our emphasis or filter. And I said I wanted to preach the gospel this morning. And in so doing, bless your hearts, whether you're hearing it for the first time or Christ is coming to you for the first time, or whether, like me, you've been uh, with uh, Jesus Christ for decades. I got a call from my daughter this morning, encouraging me as uh, I was going to preach, and she said that I should rock the flock. So that's what I hope that we might do today. And it won't be me, it's the message that we have. Now, I said we always preach the gospel here, uh, and today's message is a little bit different in that we're going to preach the gospel story. So I've chosen, instead of one of those doctrines that I listed, 15 or more, to use as our filter, I chose to use the narrative in this as the filter through which we unfold the gospel story. The title of our message this morning is, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Now, if you wanted to tell the story of Jesus, what text would you preach? Maybe John 3.16, we've Sam preach through that. Or we heard it preached through John 1 through, John 1, 1 through 14. Another great one. Or maybe Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I chose this passage today because it has an element for all of us, everyone, for someone hearing it for the first time, or Christ speaking to through it for the first time, 
Certainly. But for someone who has heard it for decades, it has a message as well, as you will hear. It's the story of Jesus. It's a perfect story. I want to tell you a story about a perfect man and a perfect woman. And they got together and they had a perfect courtship. And then they had a perfect wedding. And they were living a perfect life. And uh, there was one stormy Christmas Eve when they were driving along and they saw a stranded person in distress on the side of the road and being a perfect couple, they decided to stop and help. And lo and behold, it was Santa Claus. And so they decided, well, let's help. So they loaded Santa into their car and they went about delivering presents. But as it happened, the weather deteriorated and they were in an accident. And only one person survived. Riddle is who survived. Now some say it was the woman who survived because the other two, the perfect man and Santa Claus, never really existed. <laughs> Some respond to that, that, well, okay, if there isn't a perfect man, if the existence of Santa might be questionable, then the perfect woman must have been driving, and that's why there was an accident. <laughs> I once taught a high school, Sunday school class. And I had chosen a curriculum that went through the entire message of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, in 12 weeks. And uh, in the second lesson, we were talking about creation. And the class was given the opportunity to create their own perfect world. If they were going to create a world, what would it be full of? And I was expecting things like music, and chocolate, and pizza, and perhaps empty of parents, and rules, and school. But instead, their ideas were peace, unity, and love. A perfect world is what they wanted to create, one filled with peace, and unity, and love. And as I noted, our text today is rich and I don't trust you embrace it as I have, even though I've only had the opportunity to share with you a few times, you perhaps have heard me say from time to time, you need to preach the gospel to yourself. And you need to do that every day. Well, today is a practice day. We're going to preach the gospel to ourselves. I've broken the text down into three sections. God's perfect timing, God's perfect plan, and God's perfect family. So as our brother Sam would say, let's dive in. God's perfect timing. Find this in the first verses of chapter 4. Let me read that again. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, 
but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, you all know that the chapter designations were added to the Bible later. This is a letter from Paul. And so, in order to have proper context, we need to look at chapter 3 as we dive into chapter 4. In chapter 3, Paul has been taking a, talking about, or talking in a, a historical perspective about a promise that was made, and then several befores and afters. Abraham was given a promise and he believed, and through that came righteousness. Those who have faith in Christ are children of Abraham, whether Jew or Gentile. And as such, then, heirs of that same promise. Before belief in Christ, we had the law. After belief in Christ, we have the cross and resurrection. We are redeemed from the curse of the law and we receive righteousness. It's important to note that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. The law still has value and merit in our life. It's the curse that we're redeemed from. Before Christ, the law brought death. After Christ, the law shows our need to continue, our continued need for Christ and brings life in Christ's fulfilling of the law and in our following the law. Before belief in Christ, we're under the custody of the law, Paul says. The law is our guardian. After Christ, we're the children of God. And finally, before belief in Christ, we are under a death penalty. The same death penalty that Adam was under. After belief in Christ, we're made heirs of a promise. We belong to God as his children. And so as we begin chapter 4, Paul is continuing this argument. And as we will, as we will see. So, the theologians and philosophers have long argued about whether there is time with God. And I'm not going to solve that for you today, whether there's time with God, whether there's a difference between the time that we have and eternity, or whether eternity is completely absence of time like us. But we have a few hints about that in Scripture. And we also do know that there are befores and afters with God. There was a time that God existed before creation. There was a time before Abraham. There was a time before Moses. There was a time before the prophets. There was a time before he spoke to us. There was a time before Christ entered the world. These verses that we're going to look at today speak to another before and after 
And that's Christ entering your world, not just the world. Maybe there's some here today who are before Christ entering your world. Many here that I know are living after Christ entered your world. No matter what your circumstance, these verses you will see speak to all of us. Our text says, when the fullness of time had come. When the fullness of time had come. And they remind us that there is or was a before the fullness of time had come. And Paul 